Good morning. I want to thank you for you know, joining us in our worship service this morning. In these times uh, that we're in, I know that there's a lot of things that you could be doing. Uh, you know, there again, I thank you so much for joining us in service this morning. And I hope that you will receive, uh, you know, the word from God and that he will minister to your heart and soul right where you are. Again, thank you and God bless. It's great to have everyone here and it's, uh, it's good to have those old songs, uh, you know, brought back. Uh, you know, the presence of God is mighty within our presence here to, you know, this morning. I, you know, I just love being here. And I thank him for his presence. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as I come to you this morning, I, you know, God, I pray, dear Lord, that, God, that you would be with me. You know, God, as your humble servant, as I bow before you in your presence, God, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross. And God, the words that are spoken, dear Lord, are your words. And God, the words that are spoken are the words that the people need to hear today. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, hide me behind your cross. Speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I come to you and I, I want to talk to you uh, through... Uh, Romans chapter 12, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. And in the passage of Scripture that we have this morning, there's a word in this passage that stands out, uh, and that word is sacrifice. Now, that word sacrifice sounds and it feels a bit old or a bit archaic, uh, you know, of a type of a word, but for the people that Paul was writing to, this word would be something that they were very familiar with. Back in those days that the scripture was written, the pagans would even offer up sacrifices to their gods. So they knew all about sacrifice and about the sacrificial system that Paul is talking about today. But for us today, as we look at this we don't bring animals into the church anymore and offer sacrifices. We don't even build an altar out in the woods and sacrifice, uh, you know, the, and do sacrifices there to atone or to ask for forgiveness of our sins. But for us, sacrifice is still something that should be prevalent in our lives and should be uh, you know, evident in our walk with Jesus Christ. Because after all, sacrifice is the main theme of the Lenten season. Fasting that we talked about last week is the giving up of something. It's a form of sacrifice so that we are able to move things out of place that have taken the place of God and being able to create this space that we can hear God more clearly, to remove the things that hinders our walk. And this walk, this journey that we're on in Lent, where does it take us? 
but it takes us right to the cross where Jesus Christ died on the cross and became that ultimate and that final sacrifice for the whole world. Sacrifice. It doesn't mean, and it's not something that is only for the season of Lent. It is, a, it is something that we should do as Christians that's part of our everyday life. Something that we do day in and day out. After all, in Romans chapter 12, Paul tells us in the text, it says that our body that our bodies are to be presented to God as living sacrifices. And our worship is embodied in us and in the way that we sacrifice our lives every day for the kingdom of God. So sacrifice shouldn't be something that is foreign or old uh, you know, to us. It should be something that we are used to as Christians, as our sacrifice is a worship unto God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8 is where I'll read for you, you know, right now. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is the true and proper worship. To do not conform, do, it says do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and to prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by grace given, to, given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment. And according to the faith, God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of our, of us, has one body with many parts, and these members do not all have the same functions, so in Christ we, though many, from form one body, and each member belongs to the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given each one of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give graciously. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Here we have in this passage of Scripture, it seems like Paul is expanding upon the Shema. And we find the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. And it tells us, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. It is an act of worship to us 
not just your spirit or our spirit, but also our, to use our body within worship. While the heart and soul focuses on the spiritual side of worship, the strength focuses or emphasizes the physical side of worship or part of worship. Whenever we look at worship in our sacrifice, the sacrifice of our lives that is the worship of God, that we give our life to God every single day, and by doing that we are worshiping Him, we need to make sure that we not only worship Him with our heart and our soul, or our heart and our mind, but we do it in the sacrifice or in the using of our bodies in every single thing that we do. Now, Jesus also goes and he uh, you know, explains this deeper to us as far as the issue of worshiping with our whole self whenever he answers this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In Luke chapter 10, he answers this, or Luke chapter 10 verse 27 is his answer to this question. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. See, Jesus adds that part with all your mind. That is not in the original Shema that was given to us or that Paul was referencing in his passage of Scripture. This text by Jesus expands the commandments that we get to communicate that it is all of our being. It is every part of us that is a sacrifice to God that we use to worship God Almighty. And it's all of us that is involved in that worship. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's a physical thing. The scripture also talks about the renewing of our mind. We are not able to truly worship God and to sacrifice our lives if we do not have a renewed mind. And the only way that we get a renewed mind is by believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and allowing him to come in and to begin to change our focus and who we are. It's not necessarily the changing of my of, of me, of my attitude, but it has given me a different reason on what I do and how I do it. I do it because of God's love for me. And we talked about this last week, uh, you know, that our relationship with God is not legalistic or it's not a matter of works, but it's a matter of a relationship that we have through Him. And this sacrifice that He is ultimately calling us to is a sacrifice that we give because of the relationship, because of what He has done for us. 
It's interesting that Paul comes in and Paul writes chapters 1 through 11 that gives us the theology as far as what Jesus came to this earth to do. And now he has given us the practical application of what we're supposed to do with what Jesus Christ did whenever he came to this earth and died on the cross. And because of what he has done for us, we then give our lives over to him because of his love and mercy that he has poured out on us because of what he has given to us we therefore then give all of ourselves to him that's only the right thing to do because after all we are nothing we are broken people without Jesus Christ in our lives we are lost and dying without Jesus Christ so why should we not give him back the life that he has already saved through his sacrifice on the cross? See, it is our privilege, it's the opportunity that we have to be able to do this. Let me move on because you know, a living sacrifice is also embodied in our body or the body of the church and the body of Christ. If you notice, it goes in and the scripture talks about how our body has many parts, but then it also talks about the church and the church having many parts, but the body of Christ has many parts. So whenever we look at this, there's two bodies that's being spoken about here, and it's the body of the church that we are or that you would be involved in and that you are a part of that and God has gifted you and the part as far as being a part of that body but he has also given you to the gifts to be a part of the overall body as the body of Christ and that body is all believers and all Christians from the beginning of time all the way to the end of time that we have a part within that as in the body of Christ. This passage of Scripture for so many times and for so long has been introduced or been given to us as a message that your body, that you have to get your body and give your body as a sacrifice unto God. But this passage of Scripture is plural. It's not individual. Uh, you know, yes, we need to give our bodies as a sacrifice to Jesus Christ because of what he has done for us, but we have to give our bodies as a sacrifice, as a whole unto Jesus Christ to be used in the body of Christ as in the church, but also in the body of Christ as in Christians across the world. We are a part of all of that. If we believe in Jesus Christ, we are ultimately a part of that. Look at the words that Paul uses. He says, brothers and sisters, present your bodies. Plural. It's all of us. We all give our bodies to Christ. This community that we now deal with in as if we are here. And, and I'm assuming that everyone, 
gospel, I'm not going to assume, but we need to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior so that we can become a part of the overwhelming body in the community of Christ. And in looking at the community and talking to and about the community of Christ, uh, you know, this community is generally the place where we find ourselves giving our lives as a daily sacrifice. It's within that community. Let's think about it. The, the life that we're living in this community that we're in, it's pretty difficult, right? It's difficult for us to live within this community because the community that we live in we're worried about ourselves. You know, I think about that, you know, about worried about ourselves. As the pastor of Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene, I would much rather have my congregation to be meeting here this morning. I would rather be talking to you and being able to shake your hands and being able to love on you as we gather together as the body of Christ. But because of the things that's going on, we can't do that. If I was selfish and all I was worried about is myself, then I would not regard any of the suggestions that our government and that the you know that our governing body is suggesting for us to do as in keeping a six foot safe distance from one another as in Mecklenburg County uh, you know having the uh, you know stay at home policy if I was only thinking about myself then I would just simply go out and do whatever I wanted to do but I am a part of the body of Christ so I have to think about other people I have to be able to think and say, you know, myself, I want to do this. But, you know, for the betterment of the community, for the betterment of Rock Hill, South Carolina, for the betterment of the United States, right now I need to stay at home and I need to stay my distance from everyone else so that I'm not part of the ones that's spreading this disease. See, I need to give up myself. And that is part of this sacrifice that Paul is talking about here. If we are living a life of sacrifice, we are not demanding that we receive our due justice and we're not demanding that I get to do what I want to do just simply because I want to do it. The hardest place to live this is in your own family. The sacrifice of your family. I, I, I want to talk to you, uh, you know, from my family. Because I work, uh, you know, I come in and I, I work every day. I'm tired. I go home self-centered. I plop my rear end on the couch and I turn on the TV I'll get up and I'll go get something to eat and I'll come back and I'll sit down and I'll plop right back down on the TV. Oh, not on the TV, but on the couch and watch the TV. 
if I do not think about others, that's all I'll ever do. But in living within a community and living within this family, whenever I come home, I understand that there's things that needs to be done. Although I've been working away from the home all day long, there's still clothes that needs to be folded and put up. I help and do that. Man, whenever I was a teenager, I didn't do very well at that. I had a loving and a great mom that whenever I came home, the clothes were folded and they were on the edge of the bed. If I didn't want to put them up, I just pushed them over to the other side of the bed that I didn't sleep on. Normally the next day she would get on to me and I'd have to put them up anyway. But it's that sacrifice. Now, if you can take that thought process and you can multiply it by hundreds or thousands and see how difficult it is to live within our community, if we are selfish people and all we're doing is worrying about what I can do and what benefits or what is best for me and how that would work. We need to be able to learn and to understand that through this sacrifice that God is calling us to, that it calls us also to a part of humility. And without humility, we will not be able to sacrifice anything because we're going to continue to hold on to everything that we want and it will not be a sacrifice. But we also hear and we know through Scripture that we have humility because of the Holy Spirit living within us. Our original thought and our fleshly desires is to fulfill ourself and to do everything that we can to protect and provide for ourselves. But whenever we receive Jesus Christ and we ask the Holy Spirit to come in and live within us, then we understand that Jesus Christ, that God Almighty is the one that provides for us and protects us. And that what my job from there on is to do is to give my life as a sacrifice to Christ so that I can now humble myself before Him and before the other people in the community and say, you know what? Although I want to go and do this today, for the community, it's best that I stay home. I like O'Charlie's. Free Pie Wednesday. Matter of fact, my birthday is coming up this month, and I've gotten one of those coupons for a pie. For a free pie. Because it's my birthday. Not today coming up soon. So what this is, if I really was selfish, then I would demand that O'Charlie's would open up and allow me to come in and sit down and eat in their dining room. But because of Christ living within me, I humble myself and realize that that is not something that really has to happen. I, I, I can allow this. And as I'm saying this and talking to you about this, I also think about the, the fact that there are some things that we should stand firm on. But you know what? We can stand firm on those in humility as well. We can stand firm on our beliefs in humility and still love one another. 
humility. Humility enables things to run smoothly. Man, that's pretty good. Humility enables things to run smoothly. I like things to run smoothly. I don't like rough patches. I don't like them at work. I don't like them at home. Let it run smooth. Humility cultivates community. Selfishness destroys community. Humility cultivates community. And as a part of Jesus Christ and as a part of the body of Christ, we need to be humble because we are all, after all, we are working towards the same thing as in growing the kingdom of God, as in leading people into this life, into this relationship with Jesus Christ. Community, reaching out to one another. In this community that we have, it also enables us to use our gifts. I want to throw this out there at you. If you're gifted to be a leader, can you be a leader if you don't have anyone to lead? You're one man army, right? I'm a leader. Okay, well, who are you going to lead? If you're selfish and you're not part of a community and you don't have a group of people that will allow you to lead, then you're absolutely doing nothing, but you're just a single person just standing there. Community. Community allows us to be able to grow and to develop our gifts or the gifts that God gives to us. One of the things about these gifts, and we think about this, we have to be open as a community to allow people to develop their gifts. We actually have to be able to invite them to be able to develop their gifts as pastors, speaking to you from myself. It is very difficult for us to grow leaders within the church. Whenever I'm talking about leaders, I'm talking about other pastors. Because someone might be gifted at at preaching more than I am. And if I am cultivating their gifts and allowing them to use their gifts then I'm going to allow them to preach to the congregation here and people might like them better than they like me. Then I might be out of a job. Then I say, praise the Lord, because the kingdom of God has gotten another leader and I am able to branch out and to go and to minister somewhere else. We cannot be afraid that God, or is, that God is going to use someone else to take our position. 
As a leader in the church, I should be growing someone else to take my position. I should be helping them to develop their leadership that one day they will go out and they will be a lead pastor of another church or even this church. Because if not, then the dream and the vision that God has given me dies with me. And there's no one else to carry it along. God is asking us to develop other people and to develop leaders within the church. Your gift might be that you are a really good Sunday school teacher. But you notice that there's someone in your class that also has that ability. At that point in time, we have two options, maybe three. One, we continue to do Sunday school class and ignore that person that has the ability to be able to teach. Two, we actually take that person and we begin to mentor that person and we begin to help them to see and to develop their skills as a teacher. Or we can also just simply step aside and allow them to teach the Sunday school class. I think one of the best things that we could do is to mentor. To allow them to teach every once in a while, but then talk to them about how they did. Help them to see where they did right and what they did wrong. Help them to develop their gift. Also within this community, we have to sacrifice sometimes because sometimes we really don't know what our gifts are and we need to sit back and wait. Heaven forbid a Christian to be patient. But for us to be patient to find out and see exactly what God has for us to do. What is that? What is your gift? What does it actually look like? Guess what? All so often, the gifts that we have, they are right in line with our passions, but they're not in line with our comfort zone. And I'll tell you, I am an introvert. I, I am not a person that if I see you out there on the road, I'm, I'm not going to come charging up to you and introduce myself and, and be this energetic, bubbly type of a guy. That, that's not me. But I do love you. I do love to be a pastor. I do love pastoring. I do love preaching. And I love teaching God's Word. This videoing messages, man, I'm uncomfortable that's why I'm here today in front of you in a purple shirt with a bright you know, bow tie. And I have my Star Wars socks on that kind of match. I have the TIE Fighters uh, and I have the X-Wing Fighters on my socks and, and they match my shirt. They don't match the pants, but they match the shirt. I, I am so nervous about what people think I look like. So then you ask, why in the world did you wear that stuff? Right? It's so that you don't focus on me, but you focus on all the loud stuff. Don't focus on me. 
See, there are times that the gift that God has given to us, we're not comfortable in doing, so we actually have to sacrifice who we are in our comfortableness to do what God is calling us to do outside of our comfortness. That we actually look and we actually move and we deal with where we are and that we allow God to use us even if we're not comfortable at doing it. Here, I am glad to say that, you know, at this church, we have those people. We have those people that will step up and do things that they're uncomfortable at doing. Matter of fact, Saturday... We're going to have a young lady that's going to be teaching Sunday school that a year ago, as she sat in our membership class that I was teaching, it was me, her, and one other person, and she was scared to talk. Now, a year later, she's going to be doing a Sunday school class online. Wow. Praise God. Now, there's more people. We have people that sing in our praise and worship team that normally sing for us that they're shy. And that's why they're not doing it because they're, they're like, I'm not going on TV. I might do it in front of the people that's in the audience, but mm, put me on the, on the TV? No. Mm. But we need to pray for them. We need to help them to develop their gifts so that they are able to move on and to do what God truly has for them to do. Gifts are difficult. They're difficult for us to find. They're difficult for us to actually put into practice and to use. But if we're within a community that is humble and that is inviting and that is open to you using and allowing them to you to use the gift that God has given to you, then you can find people to help it to flourish. And in, in that we see that being this living sacrifice, that this living sacrifice that we are, it's really about sanctification. It's about those who follow Jesus Christ that we exhibit the qualities of a life of sacrifice, that we live this life that is evident and there is evident that Jesus Christ is the one that directs and guides our lives, that we sacrifice who we are because of who he is and because of what he has done for us. I really need to move on this morning. So let's go on to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 9 through 12 and finish this up for us. It says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Paul is explaining here that this sacrifice that we have in this life that we are living and being humility or being humble before our fellow Christians, that it really comes down to this act of love. And this act of love that we have here, that love is the expression of a life living in sacrifice. Not with just our heart and mind, but our heart, mind, soul, and our strength. That every bit of us is a sacrifice, is giving as a sacrifice to Jesus Christ. 
Love is a key component to a sacrificed life. Love is what enables us to care well for our community of faith. Love helps us to serve with humility. Love helps us to use our gifts, and also it helps us to allow others to use their gift for the well-being of the kingdom of God. Sincere love means it is genuine and it's earnest. Sincere love is a love that is given that, doesn't, that does not expect anything in return. This love, this love that Paul is talking about here is a love that we need to embody as we worship Jesus Christ. As we live this life, as we follow him, when we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength, and we love our neighbors as ourselves, we are able to live successfully in this community within the body that Christ has placed us in. When we look further into the context of this passage of Scripture, we also see more examples of what love looks like. Love blesses others even though they persecute us. Love rejoices and mourns with others. Love lives in harmony with one another. It doesn't repay evil for evil living in peace with others, freeing us and, you know, feeding it. It's love is feeding our enemies and giving them something to drink. Love overcomes evil with good. Love your neighbors is after that passage of scripture. It's, it's talks about loving your neighbors, which is uh, you know, in John or Luke chapter 10, verse 27, after that it goes in and it talks about the Good Samaritan that gives us the example as far as who is our neighbor, who are we supposed to love. And as we look at who we are supposed to love, it's the people that Jesus Christ or that God puts in our path. It is anyone that we have an influence on or that we have the ability to be able to touch their lives, that we can look at them and see who they are and see their needs and be able to help them meet those needs. All within the confines of the community that we live within. It's not just the people that we go to church. It's not just the people that we live next door to. But it's the people that we meet that's in the grocery store. It's the people that we are able to talk to possibly at the gas stations. It's the clerks that, uh, you know, that check us out at the cash register. Uh, you know, all of these people are part of our community that God has placed us in. Part of the people that he has us to reach out to and to minister to and to love. To love above all things is that we love. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13 helps to illustrate the quality of love. Many of, of which involve sacrifice. It says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Honor others above yourself. Keep your zeal for the Lord. Be joyful in the hope, in the hope of eternal life, uh, the hope that we know that Jesus Christ or that God is in control of all things, the hope that we have knowing that He is the one that provides for us and that protects us. To be patient in affliction, to be faithful in our prayers, and to care for others. To care for others through hospitality. I know in these times and these days that we talk also often about helping our neighbors, being hospitable. I, I reached out and I called uh, you know several of the people you know in the church you know the the widows of the church, and I was really pleased to hear that each one of them had someone else that had already called them and asked if they needed anything. There's already people within this church that is reaching out to people to see if there's anything that they can do for them. We need to do that to the community of the church, the body that we live within, but we also need to do that for the community of the people that are around us. If there's neighbors around us that we know that needs help, we need to go and we need to help them. We need to love on them. We need to be humble and not worry about ourselves in this. But we need to be open and to be able to help them and to help provide for them. It's out of the overflow of our love for God that we worship and that we are able to be partakers of this. And that we are able to be hospitable and to care for others. Ultimately... All of the things that I have talked to you about this morning, all of those things are acts of worship if we do them through Jesus Christ. The one that embodies us or the one that lives within us, that we use our whole bodies as a sacrifice unto Him and to help the community that we live in. I want you to know, and we need to understand this, that worship is not limited to music. That worship is not limited just to that Sunday morning hour that we have and that we come to the church. But that worship is something that we do that is a sacrifice that is throughout our lives and that we do every single moment of our lives. That we worship Jesus Christ because of who He has done for us. This week... I challenge you to move beyond that Sunday morning worship service. I challenge you to move beyond that hour of worshiping and sacrificing to God that we sacrifice ourselves every single day and every single moment throughout this week. And that the way that that looks is that it looks like, like us being hospitable to the people that's around us. To the ones that need help. Let's give them help. 
to the ones that we can go to the store and get things for, let's do that. But we do that because of Jesus Christ living within us. Because he is the one that's already done it for us. As he died on the cross to give us eternal life. As that one final perfect sacrifice. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for today and for the message God, I pray, dear Lord, that your words would go out and that we would meditate upon these words. And God, that we would allow these words to change our lives. And yes, God, that we would move into the community that you have us in to be able to help our neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand for dismissal. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that your face would shine upon everyone here today. And God, that your blessings from heaven will be poured out on everyone that sees and hears this message. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you again for watching. And I hope that God's word spoke to you. I also would hope that you would reach out and help support the church in these times of need as well. You can go online to our website, rockhillfirstchurch.com, and give online. Or you can send your tithing in to our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 12250, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Zip code is 29731. Thank you again, and God bless.